0: Welcome
1: in. Why did he do that? To another Ho-Home <laughs> <home> edition. <laughs> you guys want to host? No,
0: I just wanted to try it out.
1: It's not for me though. <laughs> it's good to know though, you know? That's like when it's like take your kid to work day. And they're like, oh, I'll never do this. Uh, welcome in to a raucous episode of Spore i say. I'm your boy Sam. With me as always are my two co-hosts, Seth and Kyle. And today we were lathered up and massaged all over by Woj and Schefter, just minute after minute as they dropped a bomb on us one after another. I, for one, wasn't ready to handle it. Kyle was texting me, "What is happening?" Every five minutes, and I just didn't stop. I couldn't keep up. So we had the um, we had some news in the NBA that we'll talk about in a bit, but first want to hit on the. NFL trade deadline that happened today which was the most wild in history statistically speaking I believe and then after that we'll get into we'll get into some of the less exciting things as well I don't know it'll be pretty exciting at the end we're going to hit NBA early season overreactions and NFL mid-season check-in but let's hit the let's hit the good juicy stuff first 10 trades right Kyle 10 trades today 10 trades on deadline deadline. day most ever record
0: yeah most ever in history it, it was raucous is the only way to, excri- to describe it.
1: Yeah, um, and it started, it started a couple of days ago and then just really picked up today. We, have, we haven't talked yet on this podcast about a trade that ha- happened a few um, days ago, last week, in fact, where Christian McCaffrey has moved to the, the 49ers of San Francisco for yeah. a second, third, fourth, sixth, and seventh round pick. A big haul for the Carolina Panthers. Who it's
0: like they're trying to teach the Panthers how to count or something. <laughs>
1: started <laughs> the Panthers were like, "Let's start the tank," and then immediately uh, Got beat better. the Bucks without Christian McCaffrey. So it was definitely a, a you know perhaps the Niners paid too much, but boy, that's a fun trade, huh? I mean, just to see, just to see one of the best players in the NFL, you know, get out of wallowing in mediocrity to go to a team that has title hopes. It's exciting, right, Kyle?
0: I mean, it, it immediately worked, right? Yeah. For both we just teams. saw them eviscerate the Rams, essentially. Um, I mean, what, it was a two, three score game, but uh, it looked much worse than the score actually showed. Uh, I think McCaffrey was the first Niners running back and like what was it, like 50 years or 60 years or something like that, to throw, catch, and run for a touchdown in the same game. Like, he was the first one since
1: Lindanian, our boy, back like in 05.
0: Yeah, for just for running back for the league, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. but for San Francisco, it was from like the 1950s or something. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, we, we, we've known since he came into the league, right, how dynamic uh, of a player he is and there's really no better offense, I feel like, for him. You know, for someone like Shanahan that schemes so well around personnel opposed to just trying to put the personnel into his scheme, um, and, and that's exactly what we saw. Finally, right? I think McCaffrey was moved a couple days before um, their, the first game he played with them, so he was on limited kind of snap count. Um, But then it was wheels up this past weekend, and man, was it electric! They didn't even have
2: Debo out there. Yeah,
0: can you imagine that offense
2: with Debo and Christian McCaffrey? Nobody's going to tackle anybody. No, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's like it's like for years we've been like, man, Shanahan has has such an elite creative running game. He uses his running backs so creatively. Can you imagine if he had? an above average running back there. He's been cycling through undrafted seventh round running backs who keep getting injured after four games. And now he has Christian McCaffrey, the best, you know, most versatile running back in the league. And yes, it was a lot to pay for a running back, but when it's a running back who's that elite at pass catching, I think it's worth it. Right, Seth?
2: Yeah. I mean, I still have a hard time like calibrating, the nfl draft picks and how much they're really worth and particularly as we collectively i think have started to uh more correctly value nfl running backs especially as kyle tries to tell us that running backs don't matter but i think even kyle recognizes that like there's a few running backs especially who are elite pass catchers who yeah who can change the game and yeah, I mean, I'm pretty high on the Niners going forward. Obviously, we've just seen them in the one game against the Rams with McCaffrey, you know, fully there. Um, but even with – and and the Rams have been a bit of a mess, but I don't know. It's an exciting team to watch. They've shown mm-hmm. that they can have success in the playoffs before this team, even if their regular season is a little bit up and down. So, I don't know. I've, I don't really want to see this team in the playoffs. I think – would be a matchup nightmare for anyone trying to scheme against Debo, Ayuk, and McCaffrey out of the backfield. Like It's like, I know
0: that the amount of picks is vast, which is huge for a team that's rebuilding, but no, I feel like I've said it a number of times, right? In pretty much any sport, if you could build through the draft, which they've done extremely well, it gives you that option and opportunity when you have a window to win the Super Bowl or to make it to the Super Bowl or in the NBA to make it to the finals and win the finals. You have you have that um, you're able to spend those picks you can cash and, in exactly yeah. yeah and kind of capitalize on that opportunity that you've built and so that's why it's like yes it's four picks and to a team that's rebuilding those picks are huge but for a team like the Niners who all of their star players essentially are now on contract until the end of like the 24 25 even some some contracts don't expire for like Trent Williams and Fred Warner until 2027 so it's like they have these guys under contract for the next three four five years yeah and it's like what's you're not Almost certainly going to be able to pick someone in the second, third, fourth round of a draft in next year, two years, whenever that's going to get you the value that these guys have. I mean, we saw it last year with the Rams, right? They gave up over the last two years they've given up an absorbent amount of picks for game changing players at specific positions that they needed help mm-hmm. At. Mm-hmm. and look, they won a Super Bowl last year, yep. so. I mean it's just like the recipe for success I feel like in any league is like if you can capitalize early on on draft picks and develop those players and hit on those players the you know the world is your oyster essentially for the future
1: it's just a win for all all parties i mean the panthers they have no use for christian mccaffrey they're not going anywhere soon and it's a win for Christian McCaffrey, right? To finally go into winning yeah. situation, and it's a huge win for the Niners. And it's just cool, like it's one of the coolest trades I can remember in a while, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah. hands down. <laughs> just watching him run out there in in those colors, in the uh, he looks so good. He looks so right. Did it just look right? I was like, it wow, did. I'm actually really excited for this. Like, I don't know, it's just cool as an NFL fantasy. So that was, I mean, that's still the biggest move, I, or one of the bigger ones that we saw that happened a couple weeks ago. Um, Today, Seth, your Vikings.
2: Yeah, baby. <laughs>
1: made an upgrade at, at tight end from Irv Smith Jr. to his daddy, TJ Hawkinson, Sr., <laughs> uh, which they paid a second, third, and a fourth for. No, sorry. They paid a no. second and third received a fourth back.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Um, interesting. Very unexpected, I will say. Right? We saw the Christian McCaffrey one coming. Did not see this one coming.
0: Um from I didn't even know Hawkinson was another. on like the trade block, yeah, and in, yeah. in division trade, which is like for the Lions, it really doesn't matter that it's in division because it's not like they're competing, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, a young tight end with the upside and the skill set that we've seen, and coming out of college being a, a Mackey award winner, essentially being the best tight end in college his last year he played. <laughs> um, it's like what are you doing for only two picks and you didn't even recoup a first round? Cause he was what, he was drafted. What, I mean, the eighth I, think pick, was, I think in his draft, he was a top 10 pick, I think. Right.
1: I think it was a, f- a decently fair return. I think they could have definitely gotten more Kyle, but I mean, we had to throw it to Seth. Like Seth, how are you feeling as a Vikings fan? Are you, are your, are your loins tingling right now?
2: <laughs> you can tell from over there, huh? Um <laughs> First of all, I didn't even realize the severity of Irv Smith's injury until I yeah, heard hot, about the trade. Sprain, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's
0: out for like eight to ten weeks. Yeah. Those can get you.
2: Oh, yeah, high ankle sprains are rough. So that, you know, really came as a surprise. I was like, TJ Hawkinson, what? And then I realized, oh, Irv was injured. Um, it's like so, a huge upgrade. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's a, a pretty significant upgrade. I mean, you know me. I was pretty high on Irv but TJ Same. is a little bit more proven and, um, and I think just has shown more as a pass catcher than Irv has. So I think it'd be great for the Vikings. You guys were texting a little bit earlier, like the Vikings have so many weapons just talked about the 49ers. Right. I think it's similar at the Vikings where you've got Justin Jefferson as a elite wide receiver. You've got Thielen as a top-notch second option KJ Osborne's competent now adding Hawkinson as the tight end and then obviously a dynamic running game with cook and Madison. So, I mean, if there's one person who can screw it up, it's Kirk cousins. So I look forward to um, bring him bringing me to the brink of emotional devastation, but uh, I can't help, but be optimistic. We got one loss on the season and just made a trade that I think is improving our offense. So Mm -hmm. see how it goes. I think the defense has had some horrible lapses this season and has looked terrible at times, but if we can get our act together, I think this team could be legit.
1: They are um, six and one and no one seems to care. Probably because their quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Uh, you see the talent he's surrounded with now. I mean, you have Justin Jefferson, best wide receiver in the league, or two or three. You have Adam Thielen, one of the best number twos. You have TJ Hawkinson, a top five tight end. You have Dalvin Cook, a top five running back. Couldn't happen to a better guy, right, Kyle? <laughs> no,
0: I mean, what? We have. The Vikings are surprisingly six and one. They have a like essentially at this point a commanding lead in mm-hmm. um, in the NFC North. Right, they're up by what
2: was it three games uh, on the Packers and the Bears, and really more because we already beat the Packers this season, so we have the early tiebreaker. Yes.
1: yes, beat the but Bears lo- too, didn't you? Yeah, but yeah, that's correct. But much like any viking season they haven't won a game by more than what 8 points i mean i'm looking at these scores since the, since you trounced the packers week 1 right then you lost to the eagles no shame there and then, <laughs> lions 28 24 saints 28 25 bears 29 22 viking or dolphins 24 16 cardinals 34 26 i mean you guys don't you guys certainly did not make it boring that's for sure
2: we like to entertain the fans, you know? <laughs> Why have a blowout when you could keep it close?
1: I mean, you guys went 0-5, I think, or something like that, or maybe even more than that. Maybe it was like 0-8 last year in, in one-score game, so I guess it's only fair You, barbarians <laughs> comes back your way. It's a regression <laughs> to the mean,
0: but yeah, I mean, there's three teams that are 6-1 and, and better, and one of them is the Minnesota Vikings. And, I mean, I think we kind of talked about it before the season, right? This mm-hmm. our division was really up in the air. No one really felt comfortable with anyone. So to say I'm surprised, I'm not really. Um, But it's going to be exciting to see what they could do now that they have such a dynamic, um, you know, weapons all across the field. You know, Irv, what, how many games did he even play this year? Because he's been injured already this year a couple times. Yeah, he missed a couple Really. Yeah. So. The other
1: thing – I was just going to say it, the only question that comes to my mind is just how will the Vikings bungle at this time? How will they inflict the most pain possible on Seth?
2: You know, I can't imagine happens. it. <laughs> that's part of the the pain is you you don't see it coming. But <laughs> looking at you know we did this with the Eagles I think twice uh, going through their schedule.
1: <laughs> yeah, the Vikings,
2: good. right? We play Buffalo in two weeks and then Dallas the week after. So those are mm. two tough games back-to-back. But the rest of the season's a cakewalk. Everyone else we play is, like, bad or mediocre. I mean, I guess we're playing the Giants on uh, Christmas Eve, and the Giants have another, been another team that's, you know, looked unexpectedly good this season. But then otherwise it's, like, Washington, New England, Jets, Lions. Detroit, Indy, yeah. like, Bears, Packers, so... I don't know. I see, like, I mean, knock on wood, right? The Vikings couldn't lose to anybody that's within their capabilities. But I feel like we're going to be favored in every game but two the rest of the mm-hmm. way. Yeah. So even if we lose both those games, lose another one just because, right? That's only four <laughs> losses on the year. Should be a pretty remarkable season for us, I think, considering what preseason expectations were. So, we'll see. I mean, obviously, they can they can bungle anything. We could easily miss the playoffs <laughs> still. But uh, I'm feeling pretty good at this point.
1: I mean, I don't, I, I don't. There's almost no chance to miss the play. I mean, this division's a wrap. Forget about it. You guys won the division. They're minus nine hundred for the division right now. Yeah, they're
0: ninety six percent chance yeah. to make the playoffs according to the five thirty eight. So. <laughs> yeah 94 percent chance to win the division
1: so you'll be in the playoffs it's just a question of will you like what kind of heartbreaking way will you lose come playoff time and that's what we're all excited to see
2: hmm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm just
1: i'm just saying that because we're not going to make the playoffs so i have my <laughs> joy in something yeah uh, let's let's hit a couple more moves quick of trade day bradley chuck to the dolphins um Chase Edmonds in the first coming back for the for the Broncos. Love it for the Dolphins. They're gearing up for the playoffs. I saw this on Instagram today. The um, This is kind of rounding out what they got for the Trey Lance deal to the 49ers. So they turned three first-round picks from that deal into Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. I mean, I'm not going to say that's a one-sided trade since Trey Lance – is out for this season obviously you can see an injury coming but the dolphins definitely made use of those picks right i mean they've built quite the contender i think out of that trade
0: i mean offensively we've seen when two is back there they're one of the best offenses in the league it seems that can compete with just about you anyone just stop underthrowing
1: Tyreek, though please
0: I mean, does it even matter? Tyreek still had what, like 180 yards and like 10 receptions last week. So I was heard someone uh, say in a pod
1: that, that Tyreek hasn't caught a pass all season without his back facing the end zone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, but I mean, that's what good teams do, right? Is like if Tua is still not at that point where he can make those type of plays that are leading the receivers then build around him at least and give him the opportunity to still complete stuff by giving him the type of receivers that can adjust and and catch balls no matter where they're at in their vicinity. So Absolutely, kudos yeah. again to Mc, McDaniels for McDaniels. Um that's not right. Yep. No, is Mike it? McDaniel, no S. Yeah, there here you go. Um but yeah, I mean, that was one of the biggest things that they've been missing, right? Is a game changer on defense, essentially, um, and that's exactly what they got now. So for them, again, it, it's wheels up, gear up for the playoffs and you know, make it through the rest of the regular season injury free, hopefully.
1: Yeah, you can see when you get that pass rush or that edge linebacker, um, how that can really change the team, right? I mean, Von Miller put the yeah. Rams over the edge for the Super Bowl and may do the same for the Bills this year, uh, right? So that's kind of that last piece that really locks everything into place. I feel like for a defense, getting consistent pressure without having to blitz is just the key mm-hmm. to playoff success. Uh, that's Let's hit one cool. more move before we, before we go to the bears carousel. I mean, Kyle to talk about, Uh Calvin Ridley to the Jags. Interesting. Very interesting for a fifth rounder. um, I think the price was low and a conditional fourth and a conditional fourth, but it's, not sure what the conditions are so i didn't even include that but it
0: goes uh they can end up getting a second rounder in 2024 or 2025 if they end up re-signing Ridley um before his contract expires
1: okay that makes a little more sense then because this is it makes sense it was conditional too because this is the most talented receiver that got traded uh, over the trade yeah. deadline, mm-hmm. and the price was only this way because he's suspended this year for gambling. Let's not litigate why that's an over punishment. I think we've already discussed that. Um, and so, you know, if he's ready to go next year, that gives Trevor Lawrence that number one receiver he's been craving. Christian Kirk isn't quite that, you know, like he's been good for. He's actually been worth the money they paid him. Christian Kirk has, but he's still as best as number two and i think that that he'll slot perfectly into that with ridley there
0: yeah i mean he started off the season super hot right both of them were like connected and it was Mm -hmm. like every week kirk was in the end zone or getting 80 plus yards but it's kind of tailed off a little bit um but yeah you add calvin ridley who we already know is an established alpha on whatever team he's going to play for Mm -hmm. it's also Christian Kirk into that secondary wide receiver role. And then you keep Zay Jones running out of the slot. Who's been phenomenal surprisingly this year, you know? Yeah. Um, and then we've seen the emergence of Travis Etienne over the last couple weeks, so much so that they got rid of James Robinson. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things were looking up in Jacksonville too. So yeah. yeah, that's an exciting trade as long as Ridley comes back and, and kind of does what we know him to do
1: yeah I think if really comes back we'll kind of see like we did with Jalen Hurts and like we did with Tua you know what, what right. Trevor really has when he's surrounded with with receivers that can really amplify everything he does so I think it's very interesting very interesting trade that one um let's say real quick what the Bears did Kyle our beloved Chicago Bears um so they traded Robert Quinn to the Eagles for a fourth Mm -hmm. That's fine. We were going to re-sign him. Great for the Eagles to get another pass rusher. Um, Now we've heard Roquan Smith to the Ravens for a second rounder and a fifth rounder. Probably pretty reasonable since it seems like we weren't going to pay him what he required, which is to be the highest paid linebacker in the league. uh, Does hurt my – it's sad for me. Okay, I love him a lot. He's a very good player. uh,
0: Incredible player, but, I mean, it's just like teams – that's not that type of position where you really shill out that amount of cash. Like, they're, they're, he's a tackle monster, but he's not a game changer. He's not Brian Urlacher. Like, no, exactly. Like, he's going to, going to get you, he's going to get you, you know, 10 tackles a game, probably. But
1: yeah, yeah. I will say, not, Ryan Poles didn't, didn't, he didn't ask me if I was willing to contribute my mortgage to keep Rokan with us, which I would have done, but you know, that's fine. Yeah. Uh, great for the, that'll be great for the Ravens though. Um, huge for them. Yeah. That's kind yeah. of the
0: one position that they were missing someone. Cause I mean, yeah, their defense last year was stellar, right. It's been very hit or miss this year. So having someone like Roquan in, in the middle that can stop those, um, those chunk plays that we've seen kind of a lot against them. Yeah. From teams running backs up the middle and stuff like that. It's going to be huge. Like, that's the type of player they need. So that's great for them.
1: Yeah, and then we turned a second into Chase Claypool from the Steelers, who was on the trade block for a while. I'm mildly intrigued by it. You know, I'm I'm mildly looking forward to it. Um, definitely a talented, talented guy. Huge. He's like 6'4", 230, something crazy like that. Um, what, what do you think, Kyle? I mean, I, I liked what you said when you said kind of he'll slot into that 1A, 1B with Darnell Mooney, and then that will perfectly complement a wide receiver that we drafted in the offseason if we go after a number one receiver.
0: Yeah, no, I I kind of feel like that's what we're building towards, right? And we haven't seen Polls be able to, like, build his team, get his guys. So this is kind of his first foray into kind of – building out the roster how he wants, considering he inherited everybody that we've had previously. Um, we saw his, the Chase's rookie, rookie season. Like, I feel like after seeing how he performed with Ross, Roethlisberger, with Deontay there as well, he had, what, like 10 touchdowns, I think, his rookie season or something like that. Mm-hmm. He He's a playmaker, but, but I don't know if he's like that alpha receiver that we need. But yeah. to what you said, like Mooney, Chase, and then the top four receivers in this draft who we essentially are kind of locked into getting one of them as long as you know we do draft a wide receiver, which I don't know why we wouldn't. That kind of complements who we're gonna add. Because any four of those guys that are gonna be drafted in the lottery this year, this upcoming year are those alpha receivers. So I, I like the play a lot. I mean, I was looking the other day, the wide receiver market, this upcoming off season is atrocious. So that was probably another reason that played into this, right. Is there's nobody that's going to be a free agent with all mm-hmm. the cap space we have to kind of just sign. We're going to have to trade if we want to get a receiver anyways, trade assets. So, Hey, let's trade a second rounder. We still have a second round pick next year now because of the Roquan trade. We're going to move mm-hmm. down you know, 10, 12 picks from the second round from where we originally were. But we got a guy that's shown he has the ability, and it kind of feels like he's hasn't been utilized correctly over the last year, year and a half, with mm-hmm. the last year of Roethlisberger who couldn't throw, and then this year, whatever the hell their quarterback situation is.
1: Yeah, I, I kind of feel like um he could be used in the running game pretty well uh with with fields and some options there. And I also feel like it's nice for a young quarterback, especially Fields who is is a good deep ball thrower and does like to throw up jump balls to have a big target like that. You know, they got Nikhil Harry, who is kind of like the homeless man's version of that. And, you know. <laughs> To get someone who who fields can kind of throw it up to it and catch a jump ball, I think will help a lot. I was a little surprising one for a second; that seemed a little high, but um, you know, receivers that are talented don't often come available, so I don't mind it. Yeah, the
2: the Steelers have this incredible history recently of just developing <laughs> yeah. amazing wide receivers, where they just every year they bring up some guy, and then it's like, oh, they hit on Deontay someone in Johnson. the second or third round every year. It seems like yeah. so. so does that mean that? Claypool is one of those talents that like Pittsburgh scouted and, and helped develop and he's gonna be really good. Or does that mean outside of Pittsburgh, maybe it's something that they're doing with their wide receivers and once they leave might be a bit of a drop off? I'm more inclined to think the first one. I mean, I think he's shown enough skills and like speed and talent. Um His highlights I think, like, like you said, he's not gonna be a top no. like Alpha wide receiver, number one wide receiver, but I think as a second or third option on any given Sunday, I think that's pretty solid for you guys. But yeah, it's all dependent on if you could actually get that number one wide receiver and if Fields continues to progress into an accurate quarterback. So
0: and he's reunited with his uh college teammate Cole Komet. So at least there's some, you know, uh someone there that he can kind of immediately bond with that he has previous um previous time spent with
1: uh any any other thoughts on nfl trade down before we move on because we gotta hit other segments here okay um let's let's hit nfl let's hit a little more nfl real quick and then we'll do nba overreactions at the end to so if you're an nba fan just keep listening it'll get better we promise uh so I just want – we're almost midway through the season. People are – we're eight games in, most most teams. Um, let's look at the standings for the playoffs. We haven't done this yet. AFC right now, one seed is the Bills, two seed the Titans, three seed the Chiefs, and the four seed are the Ravens. Those are your four division leaders. Wild cards at the five seed, we got the Jets, as everyone predicted. Uh, the Dolphins, the six seed, and the charge are the seven. So I kind of want to just t- touch base here See what, how different do you think this will look at the end of the year? In my eyes, I think we'll agree the Bills and the Chiefs will be there near the top as division winners. Um, at this point, it seems like the Titans pretty much have the AFC South locked up, which I predicted because I said the Jaguars would make the playoffs. And uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> No matter how it shakes out, Sam um, supposedly wins the bet.
1: I guess the Titans are only minus 280 right now, but I think they have it pretty much locked up. Um, I think that Jets spot is kind of up for grabs as well as the Chargers spot. What do you guys think? I think the Dolphins might be locked in after that Chubb trade and the way they've been playing. Yeah.
0: And again, no injuries to Tua or anything like that again, where we see their rookie yeah. quarterback starting any more games. Yeah. I, I think they're pretty much should be locked into. A playoff spot, Um, you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, Their schedule is, you know, not a cakewalk as much as the Vikings are, which we talked Mm. about, right? They play the 49ers, the Chargers, and the Bills back to back to back in December. That's Mm. a rough stretch of games.
1: But they do with um, the Bears, the Texans, you know, the Jets. Right. The Bears,
0: Texans, Packers, and the Jets, and the Pats. The Browns can go either way, right, as we've seen. Um, mm-hmm. Though, what what week is that? Um, two weeks from now. So Deshaun Watson won't be back, and yeah. Jacoby seems to only know how to really play on primetime,
1: and that's a Sunday afternoon game, so it should be a win. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to slot the Finns in and then – maybe put the Patriots in for the Jets uh, by a season's end. I think, I mean, the Patriots just beat the Jets, you know, this weekend and the Brees hall injury really hurt the Jets. Um, and then I, I think maybe the last spot by between the, the Bengals and the Chargers, um, this Chargers team, man, is there any ever been a team that's every year we're like, Oh, the Chargers, Shh. 20 to 1 for the Super Bowl. You like that, and we all like it. And then they're terrible because their coach sucks and they play in a stadium with 75% of the fans of the team. And, and they can not they help these
0: for any season either. So yeah, <laughs> you have that as well. No, I, I mean, when you harder. have a doctor that
1: stabs your players, you're not going to stay healthy for
0: <laughs> so long. Uh, I think. F- I think the Chargers stay in. I would say that the Bengals probably replace like the Jets. I know you put the Patriots in instead of the Jets, but um, you know, I I just think that even with Jamar Chase out for a couple weeks, yeah, they had a bad bad week against the Browns, um, but the Browns are probably the best pass rush that they're gonna face the rest. So the way – well, I guess they do play the Browns one more time. They do play the Chiefs as well. But, wow, actually their schedule is rough here at the end of the season. Chiefs, Browns, Bills, Ravens, it might be iffy, actually.
1: <laughs> but none of those really have – where they really struggle is, like, they, they, you see these losses. They're all the teams that have elite pass rushers because their offensive line is so poor, right? You lay loss to the Steelers with T.J. Watt. The Cowboys with Micah Parsons. And then they just this past weekend they lost to the, Miles Garrett. Uh, to Miles Garrett. Yeah. So they have one more game against the Steelers. TJ's probably back for that. They have Isaiah Simmons and the Titans. Yeah. and then the Browns one more time. I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's, it's not hard to win away. with that
2: offensive line. Yeah. 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 Very hard. So
0: yeah, I mean, I think that last spot probably is uh or the last two spots of so Jets and Chargers are really a toss up between. Jets, Chargers, Patriots, and Bengals. Yeah, I believe they can I maybe do. can sneak mm-hmm. in right if if they can just pull out those gritty wins until Deshaun comes back and you have a real playmaker yeah. at quarterback, which is Week thirteen, I think. Yeah.
2: So, what being- speaking of quarterback, what do y'all think about the the way that it's shaken out so far with so many playoff teams, like? Teams that are slotted into playoff spots for right now, not having elite quarterbacks, right? So you've got the Titans with Tannehill, and last week Malik Willis. <laughs> you know, you've got the Jets. You've got um, hey, you going into the NFC. Yet, but... Yeah, going into the NFC, right? You've got Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, like a lot Martin of these Mariotta. guys. Yeah, Mariota Falcons, like. Cowboys, even with Cooper Rush starting mostly the games so far this year, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like on and on. We used to always – that would kind of be the tiebreaker when we'd be thinking about who's going to make the playoffs at. Well, who has a better quarterback, right? Or we just think, you know, you have to have an elite quarterback to make it unless you're, the entire rest of your team is stacked. And we've just seen it this year where quarterbacks who at least we thought were elite, whether it's Rodgers or – Brady or even like Herbert, like you were saying, with the Chargers situation. Those teams have, you know, oftentimes disappointed this year. Do you think that's going to, that trend is going to continue or that it will kind of write itself over the course of the year?
1: I mean, I think, yeah, it seems like this year quarterback has mattered to team success less than any time I can remember in the recent uh, past. But I think when the chips are down, for this, for real playoff success, you're going to see the bills and the chiefs there in the AFC. I would reckon, uh, who have the two best quarterbacks in the league. You're going to see the Eagles there who Jalen hurts. I mean, is an elite quarterback. Now there's no way around it. Yeah. And you're going to see, you're (laughs) you're going to see the Vikings who (laughs) have the greatest quarterback of all time. So (laughs) I think what we're seeing with some of these teams, like you look at the giants, um, I think you go team by team, you look at the Giants, that's a scheme dependent operation they're running over there where Brian Dayball comes in as a new coach. And like Kyle says, you know, he doesn't come in saying my scheme is the law. Everyone has to fit in or fit out. He says, what do I have here? And how can I make them successful? And he says, well, Daniel Jones, isn't great, but he can run. Let's use that, you know, and Saquon is an elite running back. Let's use that. And they're in every game. Um, so I think it's very coach dependent and I think it's, it's very, um, rest of team dependent this year. And then these older quarterbacks like Brady and Rogers and Stafford can't carry a team by themselves anymore. If they don't have elite wide receivers, it's just come down to that. They're old. They're the old guard. Yeah.
2: They are. A lot of, a lot of noodle arms going on this year. <laughs> Some that's, of them premature.
1: Let's look at the NFC. Like you mentioned, Seth. Your Philadelphia Eagles seven and zero. I mean, me and Kyle will be taking naked laps for years about of this prediction that we had for them to be the one seed. Uh, the Vikings and at the t- who
2: was your uh, Super Bowl prediction again?
1: I don't. know. I'd rather not say.
2: Hmm, interesting. Okay. I
1: don't understand the question. I won't be responding. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings six and one. Your Minnesota Vikings in the, as a two seed. The Seahawks are the three seed right now. Remember when I told you guys? Seahawks 20 to 1 to win the division. You like that? You all scoffed at me during the uh, patent pending. Uh, you like that, don't you? 6-6 six, six man segment. Uh, was, you that before right or
0: after, was that before or after Geno Smith came out with the iconic quote, they all wrote me off, but I didn't write back? I think that, that was, was before. Before. No, oh, that
1: was after. That was the first game of the season you said that. Yeah. They're plus 310 now. So you better like that. That was great value I handed to you and you threw it in the trash. I'm not going to say I like that when they're in a division with the
0: 49ers and the Rams still.
1: So. You can just keep saying you don't like it all you want. I'll be laughing to the bank. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons, the four seed. He
2: says that even though he hasn't put
1: any money on this. <laughs> <laughs> the Atlanta Falcons are the four seed, which I said on this podcast would be the worst team in the league, currently winning the division at four and four. Uh, the Dallas Cowboys, six and two. Great start despite missing their uh quarterback for a lot of that on the backs of Mar- Micah Parsons. The New York Giants, sixth seed. We also that coming. And the Niners of the seventh seed. So that's your seven seeds in the NFC. If I were to guess how it might end, um, I think the Niners are going to win that, end up winning the division and taking the Seahawks place. But I'm not going to say they're six, they're going to miss the playoffs. I-, I think they might sneak into the wild card with Geno Smith. <laughs> People write him letters daily. Kyle. And he, he simply won't write them back.
2: Kyle, do you remember 60 seconds ago when Sam said the Seahawks would win the division? And then yeah, yeah, but... 10 seconds ago when he said they wouldn't?
1: He's <laughs> a wordsmith,
2: all right? He's doing it to us <laughs> again. Now, no matter what happens, if he'll claim that he was right all along.
1: That's correct. Call me Sam Adamas. Uh, so, and then... Are we sure the Buccaneers are going to take the Falcons' place as the division winner in the South? Not side? at all.
2: Not <laughs> at all sure.
1: Well, let's talk about this because you would think the Bucks take the Falcons' place and the Rams or the Packers take the Giants' place or the Seahawks' place. I don't think the Packers' These three teams, the, the Packers, Rams, and Buccaneers, I mean, one of them has Tom Brady won the Super Bowl two years ago. One of them, the Rams, won the Super Bowl last year. The Packers have won 14 or 13 games the last three seasons.
0: Have And yet all these teams are MVP, out of the playoffs. Right? What goes
1: on? What goes on, Kyle?
0: Um, well, we could start with the Packers. What goes on is they refuse to give Aaron Rodgers any help offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been talked about for years during the draft. I mean, you had Aaron Rodgers still right, kind of the probably right past the the precipice of his prime, they decided to draft a backup quarterback with their first round pick. Um, and it's like then they got rid of arguably the best or one of the top three wide receivers in the NFL and kind of just said, Hey, it's gonna be okay. Didn't bring in any new help besides what a, a second round and like a fourth round draft pick that they used on a wide receiver. Um And it's like, when is that organization going to realize that like, yes, Aaron Rodgers is probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time at bringing the value up of the receivers around him, but imagine what could happen to your team if you provide that uh, that talent for Aaron Rodgers instead of relying on him to do all of the dirty work essentially. Right.
1: But it's also a little bit on Aaron for signing a huge extension that hamstrung the team. They can't pay. They couldn't pay Devontae and him basically, you know, and sure. I don't
2: know. I mean, we but talked you can still them. draft
1: a cheap wide receiver. Right. You know,
2: we talked in the offseason about, like, what does Aaron really have to complain about? Because, like you said, Sam, the Packers have been one of the best teams in the uh-huh. league in the regular season, at least the last summer years. With Devontae Adams. With Devontae Adams. And then, I mean, I still don't really understand how that all went down. Maybe it was just, like, a simple money issue where they couldn't afford to pay either one. And they I think mean, diff- that's
0: true. Because I thought the Packers said that they would have matched the offer.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah he
0: want to stay
1: yeah maybe he's sick
2: of Aaron right so I don't know I feel like it's I feel like more of the blame lies on Aaron Rodgers than it does with the Packers organization and I do wonder how much he's declining on the field versus how much mm-hmm. is it just a, a reality of the weapons that he has um yeah. And, you know, pass protection obviously has been an issue for them throughout the season this year too. So that could be part of it. But I just – I don't think it's going to happen for them this year. And I love it, to be honest. So (laughs) Yeah,
1: it's great. And I I think what I was counting on when I predicted them to go to the Super Bowl is – I've said this before, but just their elite defense that hasn't been there at all. I mean, despite first-round picks across the board. Hasn't been there at all. Uh, if there's any of those three teams, the Rams, the Pack, and the Bucks, that I think will ride the ship enough to make the playoffs, just because of the division, I feel like it's the Buccaneers. But I mean, they just have to leapfrog the Falcons, um, who are talent def- deficient. Uh, That's not really true. Their they their coach
0: their their coach deficient is more so. Accurate. Well,
2: the Bucks just is- remind me of the Lakers mm. where you've got this one aging all-time player, one of the best to ever do it. And you've got all sorts of drama around the team
1: mm-hmm.
2: and the team that won the championship in the last couple years, they've lost a, at least a few significant pieces since then the team doesn't really look the same as it did in those championship years. And it, it just seems like an unhappy place to play now, right? Mm-hmm. Both for the Lakers and the Bucks, And so I don't know, I, I agree with you. Like, I don't really want to fully count them out because it is Tom Brady and it is a relatively weak division, but I just get that vibe right now that nobody's happy there and it's just continuing to spiral downward.
1: So, you guys think the Bucs, the Rams, and the Packers, they all miss the playoffs. The playoffs just stay as they are, look right now.
2: I no. think the Rams could work their way back into it. Um and yeah, like I said, I wouldn't rule the Bucks out, but I would lean against the Bucs and the Packers making it at this point.
1: So you guys like the Rams is the one to ride the ship, you like that go?
0: Yeah, I like the Rams. I like the Bucks too, to be honest. I I think uh, I think the 49ers leapfrog the Seahawks for the division. And then I I mean, I'm not gonna put it past the Rams to not go on a run. Um they still got a Cooper Cup, right? There's gotta be at some point I think we've kind of seen a little bit more out of Allen Robinson the last couple weeks, which has been good for them. higby has been great for them offensively. I think they've had some running back issues, and I kind of feel like they can they can peruse that uh, a little easier with having someone like Cooper Cup, you know, getting 15 plus targets a game. So I'm not gonna. Say that I think that they miss the playoffs. I think that they make the playoffs. I think, if anything, that the Giants and the Falcons could drop out, mm-hmm. or the Seahawks. Yeah. I can see the Seahawks dropping out too.
1: That would be my. That would be my. But guess I don't think well. the
0: Packers make it. I do not.
1: I think that's the. I think we're all in agreement. Just oh, especially because of the division, right? That's the one team that yeah. that is in the worst position. Um, real quick, before we hit the NBA. MVP watch, Josh Allen plus 120, Jalen Hurts plus 350, Patrick Mahomes plus 400. Those are the three favorites. This is all on DraftKings sponsor us. Uh, Coming in in the eighth best odds, the greatest of all time, Kirk Cousins. You got to love that. That's good value. Is it though? (laughs) Can you imagine Kirk Cousins winning the MVP? We'd have to disband the league, right?
2: I would have to retire from watching <laughs> football, I think.
1: <laughs> okay, you ready mean, to hit the NBA? I, let's hit the NBA. Let's Sorry, do it. Fine. Do one more thing about free I was just going to
2: say, I'd be shocked to see anybody win the MVP besides Allen Mahomes or Hertz at this point. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think Micah Parsons should be up there, but I'm not going to go on my season, my seasonal soliloquy on uh, why it's dumb that a quarterback wins it every time. That'll be later in the year. So, Tune Can't wait. Let's hit the NBA a little bit, folks. Just real quick here, because it started. We got basketball.
2: Boy, that was
1: exciting, huh? Um, some news in the NBA today. First of all, before we get to... You know, I just love to talk about the actual play of the game, but I guess we never can. Uh, Steve Nash was fired as the Nets high co- head coach. Well, it was like a mutual party way. Steve Nash was probably Like, thank God, yeah, get me out of here. Um, and then Ime Doka is uh, rumored to be in as the new coach. I don't know if they've made it official yet, but um, I think they're very, it out. very, very, very interesting scenario, is it not? Um, Udoka got suspended from the Celtics, had to leave, now is leaving the organization. I don't, we still don't really know the full story with Ime. It uh, seems crude, like. Crude,
0: crude language he used is kind of, is what an ESPN article from last month said was, the crude language to a, um, uh, what's the word, uh, not a superior, a, uh, someone Yeah. Subordinate.
1: <laughs> yeah. It seems like he had a, a relation with a, a female employee who was where basically he was their boss and then the relationship ended or the female employee wanted it to end. And then he was making inappropriate comments, et cetera. Um, so definitely not ideal we don't like I said know the full story but I guess the Nets don't care they already have I mean they really have a dumpster fire over there so I guess they figure <laughs> why not bring that in and anyone can rally the troops it's he Doga I mean they have they have Simmons airballing layups over there they have their star player KD just asked for the entire organization to get fired or he gets traded this offseason they have Kyrie Irving spewing anti-Semitic things. I mean, this team is in free fall, so I don't know what goes on over there. Does this even make a difference? I think it makes a difference. I mean,
0: we have right before Nash took over, we didn't really have much of him kind of successfully leading an organization, and I guess we we have a year of Ime now successfully leading an organization to the finals prior to that was under Popovich for what like 10 years or something or eight years or something like that won a championship with them if there's anybody that you kind of want as a younger coach I would want them to come from a Popovich tree I feel like um he has ties right he he knows the players already in the Nets organization. He was there before he went to Boston. So, you know, it's not like it's some fresh meat coming in for kind of Kyrie and Durant to take advantage of. So, I like the decision to kind of maybe try and reinvigorate the the Nets and kind of get them back to a cohesive unit as much as they can with the players that they have. Um, and if it doesn't work then guess what you have someone else to blame it on instead of the players
2: <laughs> heaven forbid we blame Kyrie Irving for what's happening uh yeah I mean I think it makes a decent amount of sense especially considering Ime was an assistant with the Nets before joining the Celtics a lot of the players seem to like him Last year, Kyle mentioned the success the Celtics had, and he did have to kind of help manage personalities in the locker room and make sure everyone, like, (laughs) didn't get too frustrated with Grant Williams constantly chatting and Marcus Smart doing his thing. And, And I think he was one of those coaches that didn't just let the players, like, do whatever they wanted, and he held them accountable and and spoke the truth to them. And so I think that is what the Nets need. But like Sam was saying, I mean, it's a mess over there, and they're really just leaning into this, like, villain identity where they're by far the easiest team in the league to root against. You've got – yeah, Sam kind of already outlined it, but it's like Kyrie and KD at this point, And Ben Simmons, like, none of them are likable to a casual NBA fan. And now adding someone in who is just suspended for a year for having an inappropriate relationship with a subordinate employee and cheating on his wife, like... Fiance. Fiance. (laughs) um, Yeah, like, it's pretty messed up what goes on there. And I look forward to continuing to cheer against them.
1: Yep, agree with everything you said. Um, Let's throw out some NBA early seasonal reactions that we actually kind of believe in, because we're not just another podcast that does overreactions. Um, May I begin? Please. Now, this one, this first one, I come to you humble, with my heart in my hands. Okay, and I tell you, I love to hear it. Okay, I was wrong. Three simple words. That I've never heard from Kyle's lips, nor will I. That's false, I think. <laughs> I think he says. <laughs> he says that's false, I think. This um, got to be about Dame, right? All right, yes. My number one be. overreaction. This is the best team the Blazers have ever assembled around Damian Lillard.
2: Dude, I, the first one I wrote down was this is the best team Dame has ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. Can I take my victory laps early then?
1: Yeah, I think you can. I mean, at Thank the last podcast, you. you said you're gonna listen back to the audio and jerk off or something. I don't know what you said <laughs> when <laughs> when Dame is is winning in the playoffs, and you can start right now. I um, you just look at the wings they have, like Josh Hart and and Jeremy Grant compared to Mo Harkless and Al Furugamino. Like Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant can dribble. They can dribble they can score, they can pass, they can rebound, they can shoot. None of which Mo or Al could do. None of those things they could do, especially not together. And Anthony Simons is just a bouncier CJ at this point. Shaden Sharp is is that X factor. Shaden, you never know what Shaden's going to do, right? Yeah, I mean, we
0: talked about that before the year too. It was like, that was that one draft pick where it was like, he has the ability to end up being one of the best uh players from the draft but there was so much unknown about him but man is he proven it
1: it's like the mystery man but like it's like the um if you get the mystery lollipop flavor and it's your favorite one you know i mean it's incredible they just surrounded damien lily with athleticism with defense with speed and uh, this team's fun to watch right seth
2: yeah, it's been awesome to watch. And I think the other big part, in addition to the pieces that they got, which shout out Jeremy Grant, Syracuse basketball player, uh, Dame looks like himself again, right? That was the biggest thing that I talked about. Like it, It really just depends on is Dame himself or is he starting to, you know, head towards a downward trajectory of his career? And so far he's looked like himself. And it looks like hey, we can chalk up the last couple of years to injury. Mm-hmm. And really, it goes back to I was just a year too early on this because, as you recall, before the previous season, I predicted that they would make it to the finals. So. I think the main thing here is
1: that Kyle and
2: I were right and Sam was wrong.
1: Yeah, that's correct. And I have the guts to admit it. They, they also,
0: right, they don't even have Gary Payton back the second, of course. Um, that's going to be another huge X factor, I feel like, coming off the bench, giving that spark on defense, which is what he's shown us, that he could do so well when he was with the Warriors. Like They're going to be a dangerous team. Um, yeah. It's exactly how I imagined, even though I can't imagine things, exactly how I foreshadowed this would go.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, before the season, I was like, yeah, they'll be in the back of the the play-in or not even in it. And now I think they have a great chance to avoid the play-in, be a top six seed maybe even higher than that. I mean, they're they're the one seed now. So, you know, just hold on to that. Uh, All right, who wants to give me an overreaction next?
0: We were all wrong on the Jazz?
2: (laughs) Yeah, one of mine was the Jazz will make (laughs) the playoffs and, like, not be in the play-in. But either way. They yeah. might be in the play-in, but I think they'll make the playoffs unless uh, Danny, which I think is pretty likely, Danny blows it up even further and continues to trade away their good players. Got even their bad players are too good. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, just watching, like, even the team chemistry that they have and how they kind of have that nothing-to-lose mentality where it's like, hey, we're not even supposed to be winning. Let's just keep this rolling and you know Lowry Markinen looking like an all-star Kelly O'Linick reigning from deep like they're a fun team to watch which you never would have expected to say about the Jazz after they traded their two best players
0: they're such a ragtag cast of players that just seem to fit so well together Jordan Clarkson has been a a new player this year with his he's passing to, the ball suddenly. Right, exactly. Yeah, he's demonstrating some some passing abilities that we never knew that he even had. I mean, think if the Bulls still had Laurie Markkinen.
1: Lori is the averaging 23 right and 9.
0: Dude, yes. Laurie, yeah. And the best thing that they could have done is limit the playing time of Colin Sexton, which they've been doing.
1: Yeah. yeah that's I thought Sexton would be the star of this team, but it really hasn't been that case. It's been Clarkson running the offense because I need, you know, need some breaks. Jordan Clarkson is averaging five assists right now. Jordan Clarkson before his season barely threw five assists in a game before. I mean, <laughs> he only wanted to score. It's just the kind of this adaptability of all these players. That's been so cool to see. Yeah. My boy, like Malik
0: them. Beasley's going, having a year mm-hmm. or two. I mean, mm-hmm. he showed it in Minnesota. I've been a, he's been a stogie boy for a while. It's good. I'm glad to see it happening. It's yeah. it's a fun team to watch. It
1: much really better is.
0: than Utah teams of the past because yeah, be there, not there, there was always
1: so so much tension, so much pressure on those old Utah teams, and now it's just happy-go-lucky, just fun to watch. I love it. All right, Kyle, give me one of your old reactions. Um, the.
0: Everything I feel like everything we're going to talk about is kind of the Western Conference. Um, mm-hmm. The San Antonio Spurs, who mm-hmm. thought were going to be in the race for Wemby, they might be in the race for a playoff spot. Uh, I don't know if that's an over uh, that's an overreaction. I feel like just based on seven games, but they're kind of similar to the Jazz in the sense that they've put together uh, a cast of players as well that are like young and just hungry stop yeah young hungry they don't quit like Kelvin has you know he he was great last year he's taken another leap Devin Vassell being a full-time player is he's been incredible as well um and then you got uh um Jacob Poitel, right just doing the damn thing out there at center he's a he's a walking double double
1: yeah, you know, Pop before the season said, uh, don't bet on us to win the title. Don't take that bet. Was he trying to throw us off? I think he might have been. <laughs> Was he trying to keep the odds high so he could cash in? <laughs> I, I, it's kind of weird with the Utah and the Spurs. It's like they're both a collection of, like they don't really have any like really bad players, I guess. I don't know. They're all like decent. There's no like stars in either team. And they're all just kind of like, yeah, let's just go out there and play our hardest. And that that'll do it against <laughs> against a lot of teams in the NBA in the regular season,
0: you know? Yeah. I mean, not to say they're like the um the pistons of old, right? Where they didn't really have any superstars, but that's kind of like the mentality I feel like. It's like they don't go out there every night thinking uh we're expected to lose, we're gonna lose. Yeah. They just go out there and play hard as shit, yeah, and then win. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think the question with both of the Spurs and the Jazz is if management steps in and says, "All right, enough of this. Here's a right. fake injury. Here, here's a fake injury. There, here's a trade here and there. Let's get to the bottom for Wemby." You know, but if not, yeah. these teams can certainly compete on a night-to-night basis. No, no question about that. Um, may I give you my second overreaction? Please. The Clippers will miss the playoffs again. I don't like yep. what I'm seeing one bit from this team. What are the title favorites going into the year? Kawhi can't even go on the road trip because his knee hurts too much. Uh, it's honestly they, out of control
2: with load management with him. Like we've well, let this slide for years.
1: No, I think it's a real problem now because they're being like, like Kawhi seems like frustrated that he can't get on the court. It's not just load management because he's missed the last like three four games. I think there's a serious problem. Remember, like yeah. they're talking about this on the mismatch the other day, like when he had that injury in the Spurs, it was like, oh man, I don't know, like this it's this soft tissue is kind of yeah being degenerative. Like this could cause long term problems. And then it was fine for a while. Like he may never be the same again. That's what I'm worried about. And yeah. and they needed he, Paul George needed to have 35, nine, eight, and six deals to beat the lowly Rockets last night. And it's not like, a buzzer
0: beater, essentially. <laughs>
1: Yeah, dude, he hit the go ahead basket control. with
0: six seconds left, and then Eric Gordon missed the game tying layup.
1: Yeah, Paul George basically had to play like he had eight arms for them to even beat the worst team <laughs> in the league. And like, when coming to this season, we're like, man, the Clippers, the deepest team in the league. And it's like, all these players kind of suck. Like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Reggie Jackson isn't that good. Nicholas Batum doesn't have much left into the tank. Marcus Morris Sr., who like, he leaves me cold. You know, Robert Covington hasn't been playing. Luke Kennard isn't that good. Like, all these guys are fine. Yeah, but only if you have a healthy Kawhi, you know?
2: Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they're all kind of like, yeah, if they're your sixth, seventh, eighth man, that is a good team. And so it's kind of tempting to think of them as deep because they're all, like, bench players that you've heard of, right? (laughs) Right. But when you're asking them to actually, like – take Kawhi's place. You know, Norm Powell's not going to be able to do that. Um so, I don't know. It's I think they're going to write the ship. I would still be I think that is a bit of an overreaction to say they're going to miss the playoffs, but I
1: th-
2: I I'm think it's it. uh,
0: <laughs> I, I think their chances
2: of being like one or two in the West are very
0: low. I had them in to the play in the play-in before the season started and they haven't done anything to make me think that they deserve to be in the play-in. So
1: don't <laughs> like the chargers of the NBA, man. They always look good yeah, on paper. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone have more, you guys want to throw out another overreaction?
2: I've got an interesting one here. I was just kind of looking this, looking this up. So my overreaction is that we will have more than five players at the end of the year. Who averaged 30 points or more. Mm. Right now there's 10. Yeah. Which is completely out of control. So (laughs) I'll just list them really quick. Doncic, Giannis, Morant, Durant, Mitchell, Curry, Lillard, Shea, Tatum, Kyrie. And then Bookers at 29.3. So there's 10 right now. And I just went back and looked like since 2010. There's never been a year. <clears throat> there's only been one year where there was three players average 30 or more. And there all the other ones were two, one, or zero. Um, and that year that it was three was the 1920, I think it was. And that was the year, yeah, it was Harden, Beal, and Lillard. And Beal was at 30.5, and Lillard was at 30.0. So they're like barely over that threshold um but scoring has just been off the charts this year and you know some people have been talking it's because of the elimination of the take foul rule which has been a godsend thank you it's completely
1: changed how much i love basketball i feel like like all the cool plays are back
2: (laughs) yeah and you know i think all those players that i listed off are legit scorers and I think that's like an awesome thing for the league to have so many star players who are are scoring at that rate. So I could see it continuing this way. I mean, I'm I'm guessing some of those players will drop off uh, from that 30 point per game threshold, but I could see it being five plus. Yeah, usually. Yeah, it's
1: like it's it's not like you name the like players, bit players with a small sample size. Those are the best players in the league. Yeah. My last
0: one. Yeah. It's not an overreaction to me. (laughs) I've been a fan for years, but I think it's rather evident now. Shea Gildas Alexander is the best player in the NBA that the average fan doesn't know.
1: Mm. How could we? Because he has a fake injury every year while they tank. (laughs)
0: he's so goddamn fun and so good he's really such an absolute game changer on on a team that is ready to win he does absolutely everything he has at least one or two like oh my god did he just do that plays per game too it's insane he just has a different game
1: than than most scores too it's like a herky-jerky you're never quite sure what he's gonna do next kind of moves at a slower pace than you'd expect. Uh, I'd love to see him back the playoffs because when he had his first shot at the playoffs with the Thunder, that weird CP year, he did not play well. Uh, so I think he's greatly he so young improved then, since too. then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think he's ready. He's ready to show it on the biggest stage. So once they get Wemby at small forward. <laughs> <to see> <laughs> oh, that's good. I have one. I have one more, but it's not. I don't really have anything else written down. I just have that the um the Lakers are the worst team ever assembled in the history of basketball. <laughs> this includes over. They should be relegated. Anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I thought they were going to go 0 82 but they pulled out a win.
2: If only. <laughs> They're so bad.
0: And yeah. Like I, I I don't even know what to say. Like I feel bad for LeBron. I want him to do well. I don't want yeah. to give those, the the old heads that kind of watch the NBA, but not really, but are all about Jordan's the greatest player of all time. There's no debate. I don't want to give them the satisfaction of LeBron having losing seasons.
1: Okay, well, I mean, this is 20th season of the league. I think he's allowed to lose one season if Patrick you're, Beverly yeah, is the second best you're, player. You're preaching to the <laughs> choir, right? Yeah. But it's just
0: that ammunition that I don't want them to have.
1: Yeah. All right, well, I think that'll do it. I don't know what we didn't cover. I think there's no stone left on turns on this earth that we didn't talk about here today. Uh, Kyle, I would like you to send off our listeners in whatever way you see fit.
0: Man, I wasn't ready to be put on a spot, even <laughs> though I am every single time we do this, <laughs> <laughs> um, to our, to our fans are all three of you that don't watch the NBA. Watch a Spurs game. Watch a Jazz game. Watch a Thunder game, goddammit. Live life to the fullest. Thank you. Amen.